It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Happy Tuesday. Hopefully this Tuesday will be happier than um, than our Monday show was. Very subdued going back and listening to it. But we're going to turn our focus to Arkansas. Should we see more offense this weekend? And if we do, how should we respond to it? We answer some listener questions about Bo Nix. Is he better than he was last year? And another listener note, uh, did we overrate the linebackers? So I'm Zach Blackerby. Michael Pappas, how are you? I'm doing well, Zach. How are you this morning? I'm fine. Intern Jaws? I'm doing good. Okay, good, good. So looking uh, to capture its first road win of the 2020 season, Auburn will travel to Columbia, South Carolina. They will take on the Gamecocks next Saturday at 11 o'clock. That will be on either the SEC Network or ESPN. But first, of course, they take on Arkansas this Saturday at 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. They're a 16.5-point favorite over the Hogs. Pappas, are you buying the offense will be back this weekend? Yeah, uh, I am, to be honest with you. Um, it's a get-right game here. That's that's what this is. And they're playing what should be an inferior opponent, and they they need to figure some stuff out on both sides of the ball, and I think that this is a, a good a chance as any to, I don't know, to do that. Right. And I, I think the offense is going to pop. Um but my question is, if it does, what's the general response going to be? Are people going to be like, where was this last year? Or, of course, Gus uh, Gus always whips out all this stuff to play against Arkansas. Curious to see what that looks like next week. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I think that's what they're going to say. Where was this against Georgia? Yeah, Maybe it's just, I don't know, the offensive line just got beat against Georgia, and, and that's, you know, that's the answer. Yeah, I mean, is that but, just kind of your strategy where it's like, okay, your offensive line can handle seven, I think seven of the ten teams that you're going to play? They're not going to be able to handle LSU, Alabama, and Georgia? And that outside of that, are you just good? Are you just mailing it in? It's like, okay, you know, if you're Auburn, you got a chance to go seven and three. However, I think that may be optimistic now at this point moving forward, but we'll have to see. But is that just where you're at mentally as a, as a coach right now? Like, surely Malzahn isn't okay with that i don't think i don't think any coach is okay with that right i mean i don't think that i don't think they mail it in i mean i think they're always trying to to get better i mean even even against georgia i don't think that chad morris thought that they were going to be able to run the ball i mean they ran the ball like nine times didn't they right i don't know they tried to get the ball out on the edge a lot more anthony schwartz caught a bunch of those little I guess screen passes, passes in the flat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Behind so, a lot of I mean, scrimmage. Yeah. I, I don't think they're complacent by any means. I think that they, they're, I mean, they're trying to win. I think they're going to come out and, and play well against Arkansas. I think this is going to be a, a little more of a get right game. And then you've got uh, a, a South Carolina team afterwards. That's, I don't know, good, not great. Mm-hmm. So I, I I, I, what's the biggest concern to you about this weekend? Intern Jaws, do you have a biggest concern? My biggest concern would be 
this turning into 2018 Tennessee, we saw against Mississippi State that year Auburn could get nothing going on offense, and then they just kind of stumbled down the stretch. I would be really afraid to see this be the game where Auburn slips up and loses where where they shouldn't. We were talking about it yesterday, I think, uh, either on air or off the radio during okay. the morning show. We are talking about how uh, – uh, what's his name? What's her former coach? It's not he, Tommy Tuberville. Sure, um, would would lose games that he shouldn't. Gus Malzahn just doesn't do that. Aside from the Tennessee game in 2018, and I would just be afraid that this would be the game where we lose to an inferior opponent. Yeah, yeah. The discussion Jaws is referring to. It's like okay, Tuberville. Uh, he he would lose the you know these these games that he wasn't supposed to lose, and then he'd beat Florida in the swamp or something crazy like that. Malzahn, as a general rule, has beaten teams he's supposed to. Right. And uh, lost teams, you know that that really had no business beating. And then every now and then, you know, he he pulls something. But for the most part, he hasn't lost games that he's not supposed to lose. The big outlier is that Tennessee game. Did did Auburn play Tennessee? Was that the week after Mississippi State, or was that just the same stretch? I think it was the same stretch. Okay. I don't think it was the game right after, but sure. it reminds me of that I gotcha. a lot. So it just it, it's just concerning. Yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is going to be what can they do up front. And and that's not a groundbreaking thing. I think that's pretty obvious is, okay, everyone's going to be looking at the offensive line. The defensive line situation, them getting pushed around, I don't think that's going to be a continuing issue. I think Kevin Seal and Rodney Garner are going to get this defensive line unit right. I think they're going to get them mentally and physically where they need to be. Um, so that'll be something that I'm watching against Arkansas. But I don't expect that to be as much of an issue on Saturday. To me, it's all about the offensive line and what can they do um, to kind of turn the corner there. Hey, we want to welcome back some partners to the program. Frisky Whiskey is um, is back on with us, and it, it is the best place uh, throughout East Alabama uh, to head over to West Georgia to get uh, all of your alcoholic beverages. So Alabama has the fourth highest uh, tax rate on distilled spirits in the country per gallon. If you buy two handles of liquor in the state of Alabama, you're going to be taxed just under $20. Georgia, they're ranked 37th in the country with a tax rate of $3.79 per gallon. That's like $16 different. And so because of this, you're going to be able to find way better deals at Frisky Whiskey than you would at the ABC stores, your grocery store, anything like that. So... They're your one-stop shop for liquor, beer, wine, tobacco, and lottery. They're open from 8 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 12.30 to 11.30 on Sunday. Thousands of bottles of liquor in stock. One-stop shop for liquor, beer, wine, tobacco, and lottery. Also, we love our friends at Homefield Apparel. They, uh, they are the best as far as vintage college-licensed apparel and they dropped their Auburn line a few Saturdays ago. It broke their website, not literally, but it broke all of their records. And it was, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome to see the Auburn family kind of back this great company. Um, very, uh, very historic-looking Aubby merch uh, on their website. Highly encouraged checking that out. And it's the most comfortable shirts that I own. So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N, for 20% off your first purchase. Homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Auburn for 20% off your purchase. Uh, all right, so talking about Bo Nick's development moving forward, Randy from Milwaukee asked, and uh, he said, uh, for Pappas, what signs has Bo showed you that he is athletic or accurate? He always needs adjusted ratings 
to even grade well. He is flatly awful. Worst quarterback in the SEC, clearly. So I'm going to let you go first since he's had four Pappas on this. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the first part, um, what signs has he shown me that he's athletic? Uh, he spends all of every game running for his life. And, and and doesn't get sacked that often. No. Like, rarely ever does he get sacked. Um, I, I think it's pretty obvious that he's athletic. Um, the accuracy thing is understandable. And, and the adjusted ratings are, are – I mean, the adjusted ratings are adjusted to remove throwaways and drops. Right. It's like stuff that they're either passes that should have been caught or passes that, you know, could not have been caught. Um, I don't think he's clearly the worst quarterback in the SEC. I agree. Um, I think he's playing right now with a historically bad offensive line. Right. Right this second. Um, that doesn't mean that they can't improve, but um, right now, Alec Jackson is grading out as the worst tackle in the NCAA. He's 180th of 180. No way. He's wow. that bad. Wow. That's crazy. I know he has not looked good, but literally the worst as far as pro football focus goes. Yeah. That's crazy. A 32.2. Yikes. Man. Yikes. And, like, I think I, I think we would agree Brandon Council maybe the best offensive lineman so far. This is and a Brandon Council podcast. Yeah. He's grading out at 113th. So, like, it, as far as grading goes, is Keandre Jones the highest? Uh, yes, at 64.5. He has over an 80 pass block grade. Be interesting to see if he uh, if he starts over Tayshon against Arkansas. I also think Troxel should start at left tackle, so we'll see what happens there. Yep. But, uh, you know, Randy, I get the frustration. I get the frustration with Bo Nix. But when you look at what he's able to do when he actually has a pocket, I don't want to say when he steps into his throws because he doesn't really step into his throws because his, you know, Jaws, you mentioned this yesterday, his mechanics are all over the place. But when he has time, his arm, he's able to deliver the pass where it needs to be. And, and you look at all of the throws to Seth Williams. I mean, I talked about this yesterday. Like, they can't get Seth separation, but it's okay because he's Seth Williams and his catch radius is better than most people's. But Bo delivers a great ball to him pretty much every time he targets Seth. So I think he is accurate. Um, now, has he been able to put all these assets together consistently over you know a large stretch of a season? Not yet. He hasn't yet. Does he have the ability to? Yeah, I think so. But he's going to need help from his offensive line. I think he's got the receiver help. I think he trusts his guys there. It's just um, it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened because he he hasn't had time. He's running for his life, like you said. To say he's not athletic and accurate, I think would be incorrect. To say he's not a top quarterback in the SEC, right now, that's that's something that I'm okay with. But the guy has traits that you like, and I think that's something that um, that you should look at moving forward. Yeah. And, and if I've made it sound like, I, I think, uh, I guess yesterday, if I made it sound like I thought that he was one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, I apologize. I don't think that. I think he texted us over the weekend. I think he was just asking you because you're the stats guy. Ah, uh, that's that's my understanding of Randy's question. Hey, got look, it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I 
I don't think he's one of the best in the SEC. I think he, I don't think he's the worst by any means. Um, I, I think he's a very capable quarterback. Right. But he, he, needs quarterback pieces, he needs pieces is, around him. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Any quarterback that is constantly running for his life is tough. He he strikes me as someone like Andy Dalton, who could go play for an NFL team for 12 years and half the people or, or half the games he plays, you're like, that's what I'm talking about. Andy Dalton, franchise quarterback. And half the games that he plays, you just want to punch him in the throat. Right. Right. However, we do not condone violence. Or we, or we do condone violence. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Violence is bad. Violence is bad. No, no throat punching here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They sell all kinds of things, whether it's engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, bumpers, uh, tailgates, motor oil, new carpet for your car. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, they have everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com, their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, so you can check all this out at RockAuto.com. Head over to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn, and how did you hear about us, Box, so they know that we sent you. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, so we got a lot of questions to get to here. Um, Lots of questions on the defensive front. I want to share my thoughts on the linebackers in a second, but... Randy from Tennessee says, hot take, our defensive line may be overrated. No pressure no pressure up front seven made Stetson Bennett look like Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. No pressure up front seven. No pressure up front is a severe issue. Also, two of Auburn's offensive linemen were recruited as defensive tackles, and it shows. Yeah, yeah, Randy, we talked about this yesterday. I think, uh, I think when you look at it, Auburn has lost consistently in recruiting battles for top-tier offensive line talent, and you can tell that offensive line on the left side has not been great. The two guys that were recruited recruited to play defensive line. And yeah, there was no pressure. And Stetson Bennett, he looked good with the amount of time that he had, and uh, props to him. I actually thought Stetson Bennett was better outside of the pocket than inside. Okay. It was, which I guess maybe lends the Aaron Rodgers comparison. It was like, especially at the beginning of the game, if if Auburn kept him in the pocket, he would just miss receivers. And then if they had him running for his life, he would manage to hit Keandre Jones. Not Keandre Jones. I don't know. Keandre Jackson. Kiaris, Kiaris Jackson. Number 10. He managed to hit number 10 right in the chest for like a 46-yard gain. Right. Uh, All right, Grant says, hey, guys, Grant here. I love the show. We love you, Grant. My my biggest disappointments from the Georgia game was the awful tackling and the lack of defensive line pressure. Yeah, no doubt there. Connor from Macon says, so my question is, 
was the issues with the D-line something schematic or just the fact that Georgia's O-line was more physical? I think uh, I think the O-line was definitely more physical on Saturday. Is that going to be a season-long trend? Maybe this is me being a homer, but I just don't think the defensive line is going to be a long-term issue here. I, I really, really don't. And, and here's why. Because one, it can't be. But the season-long issue, Auburn is not going to win a whole lot of games. And, and here's why. And there's been, you know, and we'll get to these questions in a second. Keith reached out to us, said the linebackers didn't show up like normal. We have great players there, but they had a bad game. Maybe, uh, maybe keys were messed up. No adjustment. Um, sometimes linebackers are in the same hole. Rarely met the running back in the hole. Never tackled. So the issue is all of these linebackers for Auburn, they've never been in a situation where they had guys trying to block them because there were guys in front of them, Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson, that were constantly drawing double teams. So you couldn't block at the next level in the running game. And now all of a sudden, K.J. Britton, and Papo have guys blocking downfield on them, and they're going to have to adjust to that. And I believe Rodney Garner and Kevin Steele are going to have to scheme that to where that does not continue to happen. I mean, you look at all of the great linebackers throughout the history of football. 99% of them had really good defensive tackles in front of them. That's just part of it. That's just part of it. And so I think that's going to be something that we're really going to have to pay attention to on the front seven. I don't think it's going to be an issue long-term. Can't stress that enough. But I believe that's what the issue was, was because these these defensive linemen, they, they were all forcing single blocks. And you cannot do that in the SEC. You can't. You absolutely cannot do that and succeed. Yeah, the, the tackling was definitely an issue. Um, hard to disagree with that one from everyone who said it, um, which is incredibly rare, I think, is a good answer, uh, a good way to put it for, for Kevin Steele. I'm not sure we've ever said that before about Kevin Steele, um, one of his defenses. And I don't know, really, out, out of both games, you could say that they're tackling in space was very good. But for some reason, when they were when Georgia was running between the tackles, Auburn did really struggle to to make tackles. Yeah, um, and this uh, this, this stuff happens when you get punched in the mouth. I mean, that's just kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got they got punched in the mouth early on, and they never really bounced back. They kind of bounced back after halftime. The second half, it was much better. Was that because Georgia calmed things down offensively and they didn't want to put more on tape? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But. I think all in all, they did get better, and they finally got their feet up under them, but they got punched early, and they didn't respond well. Yeah, and there is something to be said about them having them giving up long drives and then, excuse me, them giving up long drives and then the offense going three and out. Right. Do you have something to say, Jaws? You look like you have something to say. No, just uh, Auburn's linebackers, um, when when – Throughout Kevin Steele's uh, tenure, I guess, here at Auburn, Auburn's linebackers, I've never seen them do well in coverage, but I've never seen them struggle so hard stopping the run. Right. And, and, the, and the reason being, obviously, is the defensive line couldn't get much of a push. To me, they looked undersized in the Kentucky game. I don't know if that's just me, um, but it looks like they were just physically manhandled, manhandled in both the Kentucky and the Georgia games. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a smaller linebacking core than we've seen in the past, mainly because Owen and Zacoby aren't as big as guys like, you know, Trey Williams has been in the past. I mean, that's just right. kind of part of it. But 
the way college football's adapting, I mean, I've been okay with the, you know, the 215 to 225 pound linebacker opposed to the 240 pound guy. But at times when you're when you're going up against run heavy teams every now and then, like you gotta take the negatives that come with it. I think that's a good observation. Intern Jaws. Hey guys, we we didn't mention this today, but this week we are giving away uh, pairing up with uh, Justin Ferguson and Painter Sharpless of the Auburn Observer. They are uh, letting us give away a free year membership, a free year subscription. And we're giving it the same way we gave away Shady Rays last week. Text, uh, get all five code words from all five shows this week. And text us at 205-502-4285 at the end of the week. Jaws, give us another random word. Um, Exposition. All right. I'm sorry, that was the first word that came to it's mind. It's weird that was the first word that came to your mind, but that's okay. All right, so exposition is uh, today's uh, word. Pappas, where can people find you, buddy? Follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. Intern Jaws? Um, follow me on Twitter, at Daltober. Follow me on Twitter, at Z Blackaby. Follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnAuburn, and uh, on Instagram, at Auburn Podcast. Tomorrow, we will talk about Malzahn's press conference and the top individual matchups for Saturday's game, right here on Locked On Auburn. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.